Good morning, class. Good morning, Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and this is Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, my faith grows stronger, and I learn how to be an overcomer. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with, come on into the classroom with us. Let's join in faith and prayer right now and, and, and ask the Lord to give us exactly what is the perfect thing, the right thing for today. Lord, we do agree together as touching this. We ask you for utterance, for the anointing, for your spirit, for eyes and ears and hearts that can discern and receive, for answers, for help. Uh, cause this to open up to us, Lord, and, and we, we lay hold by faith of that which nourishes us in our faith and feeds our spirit. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Look with me, please, in uh, the scripture in Luke, the uh, sixth chapter, continuing in our study today on faith for healing. We looked at the healing of the leper. We looked at the healing of Peter's wife's mother. We looked at the healing of the the paralyzed man. We looked at the healing of the nobleman's son. Four different ones. Now we're on number five of the 20, looking at the healing of the man with the withered hand. When you think about all the scores of thousands of people that were healed in Jesus' ministry, and yet only these 20 uh, specific cases were uh, recorded and kept for to be, you know, uh, revealed to generation after generation, I have to believe that every answer to every question about healing is here. It's in these 20 cases. And already you can see we're just into our fifth one here. There's a lot of questions answered already in these first four. And so um, uh, let's continue into this fifth example of healing and get some more questions answered today. In Luke 6 and verse 1, Luke 6, 1, it came to pass on the second Sabbath after the first that he went through the cornfields and his disciples plucked the ears of corn, did eat rubbing them in their hands. Certain of the Pharisees said to him, why do you that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath days? Jesus answering them said, have you not read so much as this what David did when himself was hungered and they which were with him, how he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priests alone. Let's just stop right here. You must watch about judging others and not acknowledging that you don't know what was in their heart and you don't know what the Lord told them to do. And you don't know everything about the scripture. <laughs> Can you see that, what we're talking about? Now, you, you go most of all by the witness the Holy Spirit gives you. But on this particular case, I mean, Jesus is bringing up uh, something to them that on the surface would look like David broke the law because he went in and ate the showbread that was put out in the uh, temple that only the priests were supposed to eat and uh, David was not a priest. 
And not only that, he took it and gave it to, shared it with the people that were with him. But that was recorded in the Old Testament in the account of David and how he came up and how he eventually became king. And we know that the high priest on that occasion, you can go back and read it yourself, but he didn't try to prevent David from doing this. He received him. He shared it with him. He, uh, uh, you know, David said, do you have any uh, weapons here? And he said, well, we got, you know, Goliath's sword that you got. And, and he, he got that. And in fact, the high priest was later killed by Saul's men for aiding David and through this whole deal. And so what we see that in the eyes of God, David did nothing wrong that day by, by eating that, that bread. And um, so uh, let me say it over again. What you want to do in every situation is not judge after appearances. When you see somebody did something and, and, and on the surface looks like maybe they violated some scripture. Well, did they? First of all, how well do you know the scriptures? Keep that in mind, right? Keep it in mind. Because they're wanting to talk law and he brings up multiple examples of the word that apparently they didn't catch when they read it. They didn't understand it when they read it. And if they respected the law and the word as much as they claim to, when he gives them word, they should have said, oh, okay, well now, yeah. Yeah, he did do that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So we see here the difference between legalism and light, between reasoning and revelation. They are not the same. Reasoning is of the intellect and the flesh, not of the spirit. Revelation is of the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. And it is not the same. You, you, in your own, it's not, not talking about judging other people. Now, you want to get this in yourself to where you can distinguish between what is just me reasoning and what is revelation. Amen. Let, let's, let's finish this passage here. He said, uh, he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man, verse 8, which had, had the withered hand, rise up, stand forth in the midst. He arose and stood forth. Then Jesus said to them, I'll ask you one thing. Is it lawful? Because that's what they want to talk about, being lawful. Is it lawful on the Sabbath days to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? So they're wanting to say, no healing on the Sabbath. <laughs> I know that sounds strange to us, and yet the spirit of that legalism is still around with us today. There are people all over the place that will tell you adamantly how you can't do it. But they never do it. But they are so sure about how you can't do it. <laughs> so they're telling, these, they're telling Jesus, no, 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 no healing on the Sabbath day. 
And he could have asked them, okay, when is your healing service? When is your healing day? <laughs> I haven't seen any signs about Tuesday night being healing night at the synagogue. <laughs> no, and you won't. And yet, they're so expert and adamant about when and how he can't do it. That is hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. Go with me to the book of uh, James and see something that's very clear on this. Anybody in here besides me love the Word of God? Amen. Oh, I love the Word of God. I do. I love the truth. Verse 10, James 4.10 had said, Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He'll lift you up. And that one thing alone will prevent you from judging other people. A big part of humility is honesty. Big part of humility is just being genuine, being real, being honest. Honest about what you don't know. Honest about your own mistakes. And um, verse 11 says, Speak not evil one of another, brethren, he that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. Now see, were they trying to speak evil about Jesus and his disciples? They were. Were they judging them? And according to this, they weren't just judging them. They were judging the law. <laughs> now, um, You'll have to meditate on that one a little bit. But he goes on to say, and this, this opens it up, if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. See, you can know without knowing these people, without knowing anything about them, these Pharisees and doctors of the law, they are hypocrites. Now, in other places, Jesus told them they were, called it. Why would you say that? Because anybody that judges is a hypocrite. You can't judge without being a hypocrite. What do you mean? Well, Romans talks about this. The one that judges is guilty of the same thing. Maybe you didn't do the exact same detail of a thing in the exact same area that they did, but have you ever missed it? Yes. Well, if you have missed it, why would you come down on them like a ton of bricks? Because they missed it. And act like you never have. And act like you never could. Remember the Bible says in Galatians, uh, if anybody is overtaken in a fault or a sin, you which are spiritual, that's the difference, restore such a one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. See, you have to be a hypocrite to be a judge. No exceptions. If you are just death on somebody and berating them and condemning them because of what they've done, you're acting like you've not missed it yourself. And that's a lie. 
you know you have. Say it out loud. If you're a judge, you're not a doer. Well, see, can you see if you're coming down on somebody about what they're supposed to be doing and you're not doing it yourself, you're a hypocrite. Can you see that phrase right there? If you judge, you're, you're not a doer, but a judge. And here they were making it about the law, the law, the law. Even if they had been really conscientious about keeping the Sabbath, you know there's 300 other places, <laughs> right, that they have come short. All have sinned, right, and come short of the glory of God. No exceptions. The only one who didn't was Jesus, the master himself. Everybody else, you've made mistakes. You know you have. And if, if you're honest, then if somebody else makes a glaring mistake, you're not going to tell them they're right. You're not going to tell them it's good and okay. But you can put your arm around them and go, I know what you're going through. <laughs> I've been there myself. Right? I, I've missed it myself. And you'll find that pride demands and humility requests. If these people, these, these scribes and doctors of the law, if they had been honest and not hypocrites, they'd ask questions. Hmm? In a polite tone of voice, right? They would have said, uh, Master, is it okay for your, you and your disciples to be gathering that corn on the Sabbath? If that had been open, he tried to help them anyway. He'd have said, let me give you some other scripture. <laughs> right? Yeah. Open up your understanding on this. So that you, you're not so legalistic, but you get the spirit of it. Yeah. You get the bigger picture here. Can you see this class? Yes, sir. You don't want to be a judge. You want to be a doer. Yeah. And when you become a doer, you get all kind of revelation. You don't get all the revelation through study. You cannot. You cannot. Much of revelation comes as you do it. As you put it into practice. I'm a pilot and uh, I've been pilot for 20 some years now. Flown different equipment and the way you do it, the way you learn how to fly an airplane is you first go to ground school. That means you're just in a classroom like this and you're looking at pictures and you're hearing discourses and you're learning numbers and you're learning procedures. And, and sometimes you might do that for a week, two weeks at a time, longer, and then you're given a written test or this and that. And, and by the end of that, you can, you can begin to feel like, you know, I, I understand this plane pretty good, you know. And yet, you hadn't taken a single flight. <laughs> but when you get to the plane and you start it up 
and it makes a sound you never heard before. <laughs> and this gauge does this, and you think, well, hold on, they didn't go over this in class. <laughs> and when you actually push up the throttles and that thing starts moving, comes off the ground and a gust of wind catches you, and you start feeling things and hearing things and seeing things that you could not get in the classroom. Can you see that? Then how many see? You get revelation. Right? You, you really start seeing some things. Well, that's how it is with the Word of God. And that's how it is. And you got a lot of people. They've been to ground school for 40 years. What do you mean? They come to church. They come to meetings. They listen. They take notes. And you can get to thinking, oh, I got this Christian thing. I got, you know... <laughs> You get some revelation, but where you really start getting the light is when you start doing it. You start putting it into practice in your life. You start acting on this and acting on that. And when you do, you will find, you'll have some newfound humility. It's easy to criticize somebody based on perfect theory that you've never done. You're, you're comparing what they have done or not done to your ideal theory of what should be done when you've done nothing. When you, when you, you know, everybody should walk in love. Have you walked in love? <laughs> right? Because when you start walking in love, your flesh don't like it. Right? <laughs> and and, and when, you, when you actually do some things and you realize how challenging it was and you even make some slips and some mistakes, then you are not nearly so legalistic and judgmental with other people. Amen. Are you? Yeah. Because you, you know yourself how that it wasn't so easy. You th it wasn't as easy as you thought it would be. Because you got flesh. But you got so many folks... They've done nothing. They've done none of that. And that's what these people, you know, here they are saying, you can't heal on the Sabbath day. Okay, well, when do you minister healing? When have you? When, when have you seen, you know, Jesus having meetings where a thousand people are being healed. Three thousand people are being healed. You know, uh, how many did you get healed last month? Oh, they don't have healing meetings. <laughs> and yet... You're expert at telling him how he can't have one. Let's not judge other people, but let's purpose. Go ahead and say it out loud right now, class, and everybody joining us by camera. Say it out loud. I refuse to do that. I refuse to do that. I'm not going to be that way. I'm not going to be a judge of other people. I'm a doer, not a judge. Oh, come on, say it again. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. Not a judge. Not a judge. You can't be both. If you're a judge, you're not a doer. You're a hypocrite. Thank you, Lord. You, get, you getting stirred up about any of this? Go with me to the book of Mark. Let's continue in our study here. Thank you, Lord. Mark 2 and 23. He, it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. His disciples began as they went to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said to him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not 
lawful. He said to them, Have you never read what David did when he had need and was in hunger? He then and they that were with him, how he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. What, what he's bringing out to them is, how did David do that and not break the law? In other words, if they would get that, then they'd understand Jesus hadn't done anything wrong. And uh, he said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, boy, that's a, a tremendous truth. The, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What is the Sabbath? The Sabbath is the um, day of rest, the seventh day. God created the heavens and the earth in six days, the scripture said. And on the seventh day, he rested from all his works. Now, there's other scripture, perhaps we'll get to it at some point, but there is a direct connection between rest and restoration. Now, you see restoration, what's the root word? Rest. There's a direct connection between rest and recovery. And there are numerous reasons why God uh, proclaimed the day of rest. And even though we're not made righteous today by keeping the law or observing the Sabbath, still the principle and truth is the same. You need a day of rest. You need rest. And we have, because of technology and because of the internet and texting and emails and, and video and all this stuff, we've got folks that are chronically fatigued. They're not getting sleep at night. And not just only that, but there never is a time where they shut off the work. Now we can take our work home with us, right? You can work at home. You can work on the weekends. You can work at midnight. You can work, you can work, you can work. That's not okay. You're, you're not designed spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically to do that. You will break down if you go too long without rest. You will suffer the effects of it. It will make you, it will weaken your immune system. It'll cause problems in your different system, your digestive system, cause problems. The only time your brain gets any rest is when you're really sound asleep. And if you're awakened every 30 minutes and you just, you got folks that are taking all kinds of pills and all kinds of stuff and, and you might, they might be, you know, drugged into a stupor, but that's not rest. It's not rest. We need rest. Do you, do you believe it or not? I mean, God even ordained that uh, ever, you know, on the seventh year, 
uh, that have rest, whole uh, week of rest, a whole year of rest. Amazing. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm talking about the year of Jubilee is what I'm trying to say. It was the 50th year, right? Um, boy, that's, how would we do that? Somebody says, well, we got the new year coming up. Get the year off. <laughs> Get the whole year off. <laughs> and the Lord even said when, because his people got to where they didn't observe his Sabbaths or, Sabbaths or his holy days anymore, and when they were driven out of the land by their enemies, he said, well, now the land will get its rest. The land needs to rest. People that are in agriculture, they know this. They understand you, you keep producing the same thing every year after a while. It's not working like it used to be. The land needs to rest. Well, you know what your body's made out of? Land. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Say, say it out loud, the land needs to rest. The land needs to rest. <laughs> uh, now, we're talking about healing. Why, why talk about this? Because many physical issues are the result of lack of rest. And at some point, they can become more and more serious. But uh, he said, the Sabbath was made for man. What? God didn't create us to support the day and make sure the day was honored and the ritual of the day was kept. That's religion. God made the day so we would rest. It was for us, not for the day. Hmm? I wasn't made for the day. The day was made for me. Hmm? That's true with the earth. You have people try to say, well, you know, we're the caretakers of it. And the biggest job, even if, if half the human population needs to be wiped out to take care of the planet, well, then that's what should happen. No, you don't believe the Bible. You don't believe the truth. No. It was made for us. Not us for it. And we're not to be the servants of anything or anybody except for the Lord our God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All things, all creation was made for Him and for His pleasure. They are created. We serve Him. Not religion, not a day, not ritual, not the planet. We serve Him. Somebody say, I serve Him. I serve, I serve Him. Say that loud. I confess Jesus, I confess as, Jesus. Lord of my life, as Lord of my life, my master. My Lord, I serve you. Lord, I serve you. Not man, not creation, not religion. I serve you. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus being Lord, that's what that means. He is my Lord. I serve him and only him. And our time's up again. <laughs> Said out loud, I live by faith, I walk by faith, I overcome the world by faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. We'll see you next time here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. 
Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.